Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, July 24th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 176th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please make sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure to check it out and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. Alright, to kick off today's episode, let's begin with the latest news out of Blackhawks training camp on Friday with Captain Jonathan Taze and defenseman Calvin DeHaan both practicing in a full capacity for the second consecutive day. Well, we also saw Connor Murphy skate with the taxi squad on the second rink at Fifth Third Arena. So, good to see all three players continuing to progress. And you have to expect that Murphy will either be practicing in a full capacity either today or either tomorrow, sorry, or on Sunday when the team travels to their hub city of Edmonton. I also want to mention that the NHL came out with a statement yesterday from Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly which said that there were zero positive COVID-19 tests from across the league this week, with all 800-plus players being tested at least once. So, um, some great news here from the league. And because of this, you now have to think that postseason hockey is officially locked in for next Saturday, August 1st, with the Blackhawks kicking off the action at 2 p.m. Central Time. This also means that Murphy is likely dealing with an injury or something rather than having the virus, as last week there were only two positive tests from across the NHL, and now this week there were apparently none. So you have to think that Murph is dealing with a lingering ailment or something along that line, because, you know, that wouldn't be the first time we saw that from him. He's a guy that tends to be dinged up. That's just the way he plays. So at practice, we saw the Hawks work with their normal forward lines and defensive pairings, except with Murphy obviously not present. DeHaan wasn't skating with him. He skated with Nick Sealer on the team's fourth defensive pairing. But besides that, everything was back to normal for the most part, with the Hawks working mostly on their power play and penalty kill for majority of practice this afternoon. And to me, that is actually going to play a huge factor in this best-of-five series versus Edmonton because not only was the Oil- were the Oilers by far the best on the man advantage this season, but they were also the second-best in the NHL while on the penalty kill. And if you have a pair of eyeballs and watch the Blackhawks this season, then you know that their power play was absolutely horrendous all year long. They finished 28th in the league at 15.2%, with only the Detroit Red Wings, Anaheim Ducks, and Ottawa Senators being worse on the power play, so not exactly the company you want to be in there. And then at practice this afternoon, we saw the Hawks struggle to enter the offensive zone during their power play drills, which was their biggest issue this year. They weren't able to get things set up in the offensive zone seemingly ever, and if they don't make some changes or get tougher on the puck then Edmonton is going to eat them up. They're going to win the special teams battle in this series, and that will likely give them the series win. 
I think that this special teams battle is going to be such a crucial factor in the series because neither teams have very strong defenses, and if the Hawks don't have Corey Crawford, then neither teams really have any experience, any postseason experience in net. So I think it could be a bit of a shootout from both sides at even strength. But if the Hawks aren't able to score on their power play, then it's going to be hard to keep up with the with uh, the Edmonton Oilers' offense because even though the Blackhawks' penalty kill was much better this season, you know that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are going to find a way eventually to put the puck in the net while they're on the main advantage. So if the Hawks want to hang with the big boys, I think they're going to have to do the same while they're on their power play. And if not, it's going to be tough to hang with that potent offense that the Oilers have. The Blackhawks, in my opinion, are going to have to be much better on the power play if they hope to upset the five-seeded Edmonton Oilers in their qualifying round. And if they don't, it's going to be hard to keep up with Edmonton's scoring because you know they're eventually going to come through on the power play. McDavid and Dreisaitl are just too lethal with a man advantage. So, in my opinion... If the Hawks want to advance throughout the postseason, their power play is going to have to be much better than it was in the regular season. So, as I said, we saw the Blackhawks go through some power play drills at Friday's practice a little bit unsuccessfully as they struggled to get the puck into the offensive zone. I also want to quickly bring up the conversation that took place between Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton and Brent Seabrook. And the latest development now that we just got a moment ago is that Brent Seabrook will not be going to Edmonton with the team as he said he just does not feel comfortable yet, not where he wants to be at this point. So there you have it. Brent Seabrook will be left off the Blackhawks' final postseason roster and will not be traveling to Edmonton. Wow, some big news there as that almost guarantees that the defensive pairing of Slater Cuckoo and Ole Mata will be the third pairing come Game 1 against the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, August 1st. And you have to feel for Seabrook. You know, he's been rehabbing hard, and he really wanted to join the team for this postseason run. But he says that his shoulder has just really been bothering him, and it's not where he wanted to be. And he actually said that his shoulder has been hurting him for the last five years. He said... His shoulder has been making it hard to sleep for him for five years now. And that was part of why he decided to get the surgeries last winter. It was just a matter of time. He wasn't able, he said he hasn't been able to throw a baseball or a football for years now. So tough here for Brent Seabrook. You have to feel for a guy. So I'm sure that was what the conversation with Jeremy Colleton was about. They were talking about his decision and how he's not going to be joining the team. And I I think that's the wise move for both Seabrook and the team at this point. I'm not sure if it's the right time to put him back in action. He hasn't skated at at an NHL level since eight months ago. So I'm not sure if you just want to throw him in the thick of things in playoff hockey, especially against a really good offensive team like the Oilers. So big news here out of Blackhawks training camp on Friday is that Brent Seabrook will not be part of the postseason roster. Some big developments here, almost guaranteeing that Ole Mata and Slater Cuckoo will be starting in the lineup come game first on Saturday, August 1st. All right, I think that wraps up everything out of Blackhawks training camp on Friday that I wanted to talk about. Now that takes us to our next topic for this afternoon, which is the Blackhawks being forced to finalize their 31-man postseason roster by the end of today, when originally it was thought they had until Sunday to make their final decisions. But first, I need to talk about rockauto.com. 
the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection and reliably low prices. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you will ever need in any situation. One more time, check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices and an amazing selection, and make sure to let them know the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, so we just finished talking about Brent Seabrook's decision not to travel with the Blackhawks to their hub city of Edmonton for the 2020 postseason. Now let's talk about NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly stating that playoff teams have been told to submit their final 52-person traveling list, including a final 31-man roster, by the end of the day. And originally, it was thought that teams would have until Sunday to make their final decisions, but nope, not anymore, apparently. The Hawks will have to make up their minds today, which is going to make things a lot tougher because veteran goaltender Corey Crawford's status remains up in the air. This ruling definitely hurts the Hawks because now they don't have those extra of couple of days before making a decision on Crawford, and you have to think that they won't just throw him on the roster just in case because let's say that Malcolm Subban or Colin Delia goes down because of an injury then the team would have only one healthy goaltender option for the rest of their postseason. So I would put money down that if Crawford does in fact get put on the Hawks' final 31-man postseason roster, then he'll likely be suiting up for the Hawks in net for the first game of the qualifying series. Now that we also know that Brent Seabrook will not be part of the final postseason roster, while it sure looks like Jonathan Taze, Connor Murphy, and Calvin DeHaan all will be included, we can take a better stab here at which two skaters the Hawks likely will cut today. So, looking at the forward group, you have to think one of Reese Johnson or Mackenzie Entwistle will be cut, as neither guy really saw any time in practice with the first team. And now, the Hawks could keep all 11 defensemen because Seabrook will not be joining the team, but if they want to cut one of them, it'll likely be Chad Chris, in my opinion, as he just appears to be the furthest away from being NHL-ready, and the Hawks also seem to want Alec Regula around and practicing with the team. So, if I had to guess, though, I think the Hawks will cut two forwards because they have 18 available right now on their roster, and with the two players I'd expect being cut would be Mackenzie Entwistle and Reese Johnson. If they do cut a defenseman, though, my money would be on Chris, as it just seems like the other guys have been getting looks over him so far in training camp. As for the goaltender position, 
You can all but eliminate Matt Tompkins from the postseason roster contention, but it is going to be interesting to see if Kevin Lankinen makes it or not because you have to think that both Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia are higher up on the depth chart at this point. So if you do see Lankinen's name on the final postseason roster, that likely means that Corey Crawford will not be traveling with the team to Edmonton for the playoffs on Sunday. So in total, look for the Blackhawks to bring Drake Kajula, Ryan Carpenter, Kirby Doc, Alex DeBrinkett, Brandon Hagel, Matthew Highmore, David Kampf, Patrick Kane, Dominic Kubalik, Philip Kirishev, Alex Nylander, John Quenville, Brandon Saad, Dylan Secura, Dylan Strom, and Jonathan Taze is their forward group. And then on defense, the Hawks will likely bring Nicholas Bodan, Adam Boquist, Lucas Carlson, Calvin DeHaan, Duncan Keith, Slater Cuckoo, Oli Mata, Connor Murphy, Alec Regula, and Nick Sealer. And then, as I just talked about, we're not really sure what's going to happen at the goaltender position, although we're fairly confident that both Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban will be on the final postseason roster. But if Crawford is not able to go, then look for Kevin Lankinen to fill in as the third goaltender that the Blackhawks will bring to their hub city of Edmonton on Sunday. Don't forget that the Hawks do have an exhibition game coming up on Wednesday, July 29th against the St. Louis Blues. And the league actually just approved teams to dress 13 skaters and 7 defensemen for their exhibition games, just so a couple of fringe guys can get an extra look. So... I'd guess that either Lucas Carlson or Nick Sealer will get into that game for the Hawks as the 7th defenseman. And then either Brandon Hagel, Philip Kirishev, or Dylan Secura will likely suit up in the 13th forward spot as just another opportunity there to give some other guys a look just in case there is an injury or anything COVID-related does take place in the 2020 postseason. Alright, I think that just about wraps up all the news surrounding the Blackhawks' final 31-man postseason roster. Now it's time to move on to our new daily segment here on the podcast, which is Regular Season Recap, where I give a brief recap of one of the Blackhawks players' 2019-20 regular seasons, just as a bit of a refresher on how they did this year before the best-of-five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. I am Jack Bushman, your host of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey, or you can also email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the NHL's 2014 postseason that's set to take place in a little over a week. So we just finished talking about all of the news regarding the Blackhawks' final 31-man roster, Now it's time for our daily regular season recap segment, with today's feature being Blackhawks' 22-year-old rookie forward, Alex Nylander. So, of course, the Blackhawks acquired Nylander last summer from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for defenseman Henry Yoki Haru, which was definitely an interesting move by Hawks general manager Stan Bowman, as Yoki Haru looked to be a future top-pairing blue liner for the club, while Nylander was struggling to produce for the Sabres even at the AHL level. But I guess the Hawks decided to take a chance on the Swedish forward this season, which resulted in another year of mediocrity from the former 8th overall pick in the 2016 NHL Draft, as he finished with 10 goals and 16 assists for 26 points, 
which was actually the ninth highest point total out of all NHL rookies this season. But overall, the Hawks did not get what they were hoping for out of Nylander this season, as he never was really able to find consistency both in his play and on any line he was placed with. Nylander played in 65 of the Hawks' 70 games this season, earning a healthy scratch every now and then for his troubling play. But looking at some of his other numbers, a few that stick out are his low shots on goal total with just 94 shots on goal in his 65 games played, which is barely over one per game. And also his 12 minutes and 8 seconds of average time on ice, which is the lowest of his four, uh, his previous three NHL stints weren't that long, but this was his lowest time on ice of those four years. And I think that's just likely because he was never consistent enough to earn a larger role like the team had envisioned when they acquired him. Nylander got all the looks in the world this year with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, and he still wasn't able to take advantage of either opportunity. While he is still 22 years old, that alone makes me concerned about Nylander's future as a full-time NHLer because we've seen young guys like Dylan Strom, Alex Dabrinkit, Nick Schmaltz, a young Artemi Panarin, those guys have come in and they've played really well with Patrick Kane, and you just can't say the same with Alex Nylander. But you know you know he has the skill set to, to put it all together. We've seen it happen in spurts, but overall, you just expect him to put up better numbers when he's skating along with the team's top point producers. Nylander also racked up a whopping 14 blocks and 29 hits in his 65 games played, so he wasn't really chipping out on the defensive side of things either. As for Nylander's possession numbers, they were surprisingly solid this year as he tallied a 49.4 Corsi percentage while being on the ice for 31 goals for to 34 against at even strength. There have also been a lot of people who have gone on Twitter and explained that all of Nylander's underlying stats are solid and that they think he actually played pretty well this year, but to me, the fact of the matter is that he did not produce while given a look in the top six role for the Blackhawks this season while playing with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, two of the best in the entire NHL. So, for me, it's just hard to call this season anything but a failure for Alex Nylander. I don't think 10 goals and 26 points is what the Hawks or their fans were hoping for when they traded away one of their top prospects last summer. And it is certainly still too early to deem this trade a loss, but at the moment, it sure looks like the Sabres got the better end of the deal. At Blackhawks training camp recently, Nylander has been looking pretty solid on the team's second line along with Dylan Strome and Patrick Kane, so hopefully he'll be able to keep that up once postseason play begins on August 1st, as we did see Nylander light it up in training camp before the season started, and we know how that we know how that turned out. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up forward Alex Nylander's regular season recap and also Friday, July 24th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show. And be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it's out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about a potential return to hockey in the next week or so. As always, following a Friday, the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday, so don't forget to hit me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at Talkin Hockey for any questions at all regarding anything related to the podcast. Or you can also always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. I really enjoy this segment, guys, so please... 
if you have anything at all that you want to ask, don't be hesitant to do so. All right, so thank you again for listening to Friday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Until next time, please enjoy your weekend responsibly.